Scaling your law firm doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about mastering a few key strategies, systems, and mindsets. Welcome to the Scalable Law Podcast, where we talk about how you can increase profit in your pocket and time in your calendar. My name is Carolee Fontanelli, and I have successfully scaled my firm so that it doesn't solely rely on me. Now I love teaching other law firm owners how to do the same. Let's transform your business starting now. Welcome to another episode of the Scalable Law Podcast. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I'm so glad that you are here joining me today. Well, it is already November. Can you believe that? November in 2022. And yeah, the year has just gone by so fast and there's not much time between now and the end of the year. So how are you making your business count for the next two months and what plans are you putting in place now for next year? Because now is the time that you need to be planning for next year, not when you get into next year. If you get into the new year, into 2023, and you have not got your plans in place yet, before you know it, it will be March 2023, and you still won't have plans. So now is the time to start prepping for the new year and setting your goals as to what you want for your business in 2023. So today I have got an awesome episode for you all about the importance of branding your personal brand and your business and how to make your law firm flourish with the right type of clients coming into your business. We have got expert Camille Moore from Third Eye Insights in Canada. Now, the amazing thing about online these days is that we can meet and connect with all sorts of different people from all around the world. And I was fortunate enough to meet Camille actually in person, which is so cool, at the Clio conference. We were both exhibiting there uh, near each other and in between the crazy crowds of all the lawyers coming down into the exhibiting hall, um, we could all get to know each other and talk. And it was great to connect with Camille because I absolutely love what she does and her philosophy around branding and marketing for law firms is awesome. Her story about how she started this business is super cool, which I will leave for you to listen in on as we get the interview started. Um, But for now, let's tune on in and meet Camille and listen to her amazing insights on marketing and the law. So I'd love to introduce you to Camille Moore from Third Eye Insights. How are you going? Everything's lovely. Yesterday, how was your day yesterday? Yes, we were just talking about um, the time difference because Camille is in uh, in Canada and I'm sitting here in Australia and it's four o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday for her and six o'clock in the morning for me and it does just throw you out. So we met at the Clio conference. We were down on the exhibiting floor together for a couple of days and I met lots of interesting people there, including Camille, um, that offer lots of different types of services to lawyers. So I thought that this would be perfect to have Camille on the podcast 
to talk about the service because as everyone knows, if they've listened to my podcast, I absolutely love branding, marketing, um, you know, anything to do with um, growing your legal brand so that you can stand out. So that's exactly what you do, isn't it? Yes. So tell yeah, us about your business. You started five years ago and um, specifically for law firms. So I wanted, the story goes, I wanted to be a lawyer. I was the first in my family to go to university and I wanted to be successful. And I didn't know what else successful meant other than defined titles that society deems as the ultimate level of success. And in, and I was never good at math. I was never good at science. I was always good at language. I was good at arguing. So naturally, the, my uh, through deductive reasoning, it was law. Um, so I was working at a law firm. And this was kind of pre... Uh, pre-Facebook marketing days or when, when services were really focusing on marketing on socials. And I started doing this for a law firm that I was in, uh, interning at and the firm ended up exploding because this was kind of that precipice moment where we were spending a lot of time on socials, but brands hadn't really caught on. And it was almost like a, a soci- like sociological experiment of like, can we sell services through where people are spending their time? And it worked. Obviously, as we know now, it's like a, a, a billion dollar industry. So we had kind of that first mover advantage and we were able to scale very quickly because something that you struggle with as well, I'm sure, the legal industry or professional services is a very antiquated industry in the sense that they only look inwards for deciding on whether or not to innovate, which is a really silly way to operate. Because if you're only ever looking at other competitors in the space, you aren't looking outwards, which is your kind of where you want to um, scale and improve and grow to graphic designers and that. So anyways, we kind of focused and we started building this brand for marketing for lawyers. And it was a great niche. And it's been the most rewarding thing because you work with the coolest people that are often too humble to figure out what makes them unique or why they're so great at servicing clients. And because they're so great at what they do and they're too humble to do it, often the great client that they would serve better goes to the crappy lawyer across town because they're the ones with the billboards or they're the ones with the guerrilla advertising. So that's kind of how we started our business in a nutshell and um, why we market for lawyers. That's really cool. You're exactly right. Like lawyers really struggle you know, I, I help so many lawyers with their um, sort of just confidence piece on, you know, getting out there on social media because you can have all of the great branding in the world, um, like created by an agency like yours, but if you don't have the confidence um, to actually put your face out there and say what you need to say into the camera, it can be really challenging and so many lawyers really struggle with that. Do you find that with some of your clients? Well, there's, there's tap, there's like typically kind of the crossing point where they like, where they cross the chasm of understanding or just accepting that this is where the world is. And once that, once they overcome it, they accept the uncomfortability of, of video because it's not easy for anybody, but you're, you're exactly right. And I think that's almost kind of the issue is because service providers have had the luxury of not needing to innovate at the rate that product brands have had to, or just 
society at large, they haven't been forced to adopt how we buy. And we buy through our phones. Even if you're a lawyer, you you most likely spend a majority of your time on your phone. So mm-hmm. when it comes to hiring the professional service, and, the, and this one we talked to before we hit record, smaller and medium-sized law firms are often very overwhelmed by the topic of marketing because they get emails every day that come into their inbox. And it's, and it's often sold with like ads or like SEO or sales backpacks or uh, things that are not actually organic and authentic. When it comes to professional service providers, they're hiring the human. So the human has to be at the center point of their marketing. If I'm hiring you to help me scale my firm, I'm not hiring a logo or buying a mouse. I'm using you. So like what makes you unique? Like the cadence of your voice, the experience of where you live, your life experience, why you choose to do what you do, that is so is so important to my buying decision to choose to use you over the competition. So video is a necessary evil because that's the only way you can get to know me as a human, right? Like we make tons of judgments through the cadence of the of my voice, the way that I speak, the way that my face looks, the micro expressions, like that's how humans sense danger or, or find or sense a friendship, right? So that's like-minded. So it's, it is often something that they are hesitant to until they hear it in that way. And then it's like a light bulb goes off and they're like, shoot, there's an opportunity cost to me not doing this because even though, yes, I might be getting one or two clients a month, what if I could get seven or what if I could get 10 or what if this is the difference between me making money during a recession opposed to me being scared for the next two years, right? And that's kind of the the mindset we want to change. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So so why um, should lawyers be, you know, focusing on their personal brand, do you think? Because it's all that they have, right? Like that's, that's, that's your differentiator. That is how consumers buy. I mean, the, the kind of the main point that I like to make is, Often the areas of practices that lawyers focus on is when people are at the most stressful or worst moment in their life. And they're looking for that peace of mind in in hiring someone else to help them get the outcome that they're unable to achieve on their own. So because of that, as I just noted, like why you went to law school, why you chose to focus on this area of practice, you're like what you care about after hours, after work, how you approach work, quotes that you live by or that align with you, your values. Those are all very important, vital aspects of anyone's life that when if they're outside of deciding who to hire and, and guide them through the most stressful moment in their life is also just important when it choose, comes to like choosing who your friends are, the partner you're going to spend the rest of your life with, the kids that you that you raise like it's how our entire life is shaped so personal brand allows you to find that that sameness that like-mindedness building your tribe for your business which isn't that different than how we navigate life period so it's everything it's it literally is everything yeah exactly and i think as well uh, if you can build um your personal brand uh really well then you can attract clients that are more suited to you, aligned. Totally. And that's that's one of the most important points when we live in an age of Google reviews, right? And that's like 
there's kind of, there's two pieces to it. One, you're going to get to know me. And if I'm not the kind of person that you prefer to work with for whatever reason, I'd rather you know before the contract is signed and monies are paid because that can haunt me as a business owner. And it's my I'm never going to be good clients. They're never going to yeah, And, and good, it might not be fair, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and then the other piece to it is because often the best people are so humble, because they're too humble, the best client that would be loyal and refer business for the rest of you know their lives and could be a massive source of business goes to the competitor across town because they don't know you exist. Right. So there's, there's kind of, there's, there's two sides to it and it makes your life so much more enjoyable because the kind of people that listen to this and are like, I can't wait to work with her often are like, hands down the best clients to work with for me. And like, what's more enjoyable? Like if you love what you do than to have more clients you love to work with, like that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what brings us happiness in our work, isn't it? And especially as lawyers depending on what area of law you're in but you know it can be hard enough as it is without um struggling with the wrong clients totally and so let's talk about google reviews um i know you know it's a scary thing for law firms google reviews because yeah they feel they can't control it they feel it's um this unpredictable thing and they're just waiting for someone to slam them with a bad review uh, you, you nailed it. Like uh, as a as a group, I've never met a uh, industry that is more adverse to risk, which makes sense. However, it it's just it's it's not a winning approach in 2022. Like there's there's a reality when you're doing hundreds of transactions yearly or even if you're a solo person and a lot of tra- a lot of cases or trials is 12 or 10 like there's a likelihood that one in 10 are are not going to be perfect experiences especially when you're dealing with outcomes that aren't in your and aren't in your hands right like they're out of your control like you can't you can't you can't decide how a judge rules if you did your job and that's kind of the unfortunate reality of what a, a lawyer is faced with is yes, because it's the most stressful time in people's lives, stress, fear, and anger can manifest in very different ways for different people. However, there is an opportunity cost to if you do not have Google reviews and somebody else has more. And the, the likelihood is that if someone across town has 300 Google reviews, there is a handful of negative ones. And that's a reality of business. In fact, I actually was doing a search uh, not too long ago, and I need to probably remember this anecdote better because I want to use it moving forward. But I was doing a search. I want to say it was for like a a restaurant or a hair salon, and they had like three thousand Google reviews, and they were all five star. And I'm like, this is bogus. Like this was paid for because it doesn't make sense that of if you have three thousand reviews, that means you probably had. 25,000 customers because just the numbers, not every person leaves a review. So if if that percentage all had a five-star experience, that to me looks fishy. Like I'd rather there be actual real feedback because Google allows you the opportunity to respond to it, right? So Google, if someone leaves you a one-star review or one-star review because, you know, you're ex-wife won in the in the divorce proceedings she got to get full custody of the kids and there you know there was nothing else that could have been done and you as a lawyer see this respond 
take the opportunity to actually use us as your ability to to speak to that next potential customer of, hey, you know, I'm in a really tough industry. We fought tooth and nail for you. Uh, There's nothing more that we wanted than this shared outcome. But unfortunately, sometimes rulings are not in my favor. You know, we hope you can reconsider this review as reviews like this that are emotional really can impact our business when we did put everything we had into it. Uh, we I, we know times are stressful for you right now, but we hope you can reconsider it later when you know things have cooled down. Like that, to anybody reading that full experience, will have absolute humility and compassion in your business, and will probably choose to use you anyways. And if they don't, it's probably not a customer you want because if you can't get a verdict in their outcome, you're going to have more bad reviews. So it's it. It's it, honestly, it's an upside regardless because do your best, know that Google reviews are there, fear them in the sense that you need to give a great experience to your customers, but shit happens. Sorry. And if, <laughs> if it does take out the grain of salt and reply so that you can, you can share your humility. Yes. It's definitely something that is, um, it, it feels like a bit of a stress hanging and dangling over you. And you're just waiting for this um, this to happen. So do you have any tips or advice on how to get good reviews? Well, first, be a good service provider, right? Like that, I think that's the biggest thing that people meet people miss and not necessarily your your customer base. But when it comes to the services, people are assessing your experience by the entire transaction. So your ads and your videos have to live up to the experience of what it is like at your firm. So that is one thing to consider. And that's why your brand is so important. That's why like it needs to be executed holistically across the board. It's why you need to uphold your brand. It needs to be authentic. It's also why you need to invest in like proper digital programs like Clio so that the experience is more seamless and, and modern. Um, so that'd be kind of the first place that I would focus on. The second is um, ask. Most people don't ask. Um, depending on your area of practice, there's a there's a kind of a special moment where I don't want you to ask when the verdict is over. There's almost that kind of that sweet spot where they've had a full a fair assessment of your services, and it shouldn't be weighted on what comes out of it, especially for the American lawyers that are listening to this in Canadian, where cases can extend over the course of several years. There should be a moment where you can say again with humility, hey, I know your case isn't up, but like as a small firm, this really makes a difference. I want you to review our service opposed to the outcome. Like, would you be like so kind or so willing to do such? The other thing is offer an incentive. And this is something where two more points to this offer an incentive where some people feel, you know, a certain kind of way about it. But if you're asking for how to get reviews and you're asking clients and they're just not writing them because that's a reality and it happens all the time, even in my own business, you can offer them a Starbucks gift card. If you're a small business, you can literally live or die by the amount of Google reviews you have because Google very quickly, most people ask subjective questions that Google can't accurately answer. So if someone types in best personal injury lawyer near me, how does Google answer that question? It can only use the sentiment of other people, which is Google reviews. Mm. So if you don't have Google reviews and people use subjective questions objectively when they're searching for providers, think about it yourself. Best restaurants, Sydney, best restaurants, New York City. Like how does Google say 
your restaurant is better than my restaurant by other people's review of the restaurant. So that's where you have to take it in your own hands if it's not working. The last thing is, if you're a newer law firm, ask your friends, your family, your coworkers to speak about you as a human. They don't need to lie in their review, but if people are hiring you, they can see, say, Carolee, I can say that by living with you for the past five years, you have not gone to bed early. You've worked every single weekend. There's nothing you care more about than your clients. This has been your dream since you were a kid and you love the law more than anything else. That's an honest review that speaks to your character. So yeah. if you, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I live, love and breathe marketing. I, my friends can write that because that's the truth. And it's, so it's, those would be kind of what I, how, and then again, anyone can always reach out to me like you. I'm, I'm an advocate of free information and helping businesses. So if there's, if you have a, a caveat to it or a unique situation, you can ask, but those are usually the broad answers I'd give. Yeah. I love all of that. That's awesome because yeah, you're right. You can live or die by your reviews. And I have lots of law firms who are too, you know, they might be solo and they don't have like an actual physical address. So they don't uh, even worry about getting, you know, uh, Google business set up and or, because they're also a little bit fearful of, of what Google can actually do. But I think having Google business is really important and it can absolutely help you and your, um, and your law firm to, to have reviews. It's very quickly to that point, it's it's absolutely like make or break because the biggest search engine is Google and Google likes Google. So if your business is not prioritizing Google, Google is not going to prioritize your business. Like it's in it's an unfortunate reality because it's kind of part of this like TLDR, you know, should socials be a part of government, et cetera, when it's like a fabric of our everyday life. But regardless of your opinion of that podcast in and of itself, Google prioritizes Google. So if you're starting up and you're not on Google, the way that Google wants you to be on Google, you're, Google is never going to feature you or prioritize you, which is a problem. Yes. And, it's, and it's a problem when even if your business is mostly referral focused, the way that we buy has changed, right? Like nobody says, if you recommend me to somebody else, Carolee, in passing or at a lunch or even over email, they're still going to Google me, right? Like yes. we don't use Neuralink to like put my phone number in your head and then you call me, like you do a search. So if you're not easy to find or your experience is bad, like if you're not investing in a PO box to have a Google My Business account, your website is probably not up to standard. And it doesn't matter how much we adore each other. When it comes to my divorce, I, I, I may go to somebody else because I want the best, right? And it's something where a recommendation is a recommendation. It's the first step. But if your brand isn't great, you could get passed over because as soon as you Google divorce lawyer, Melbourne, or even your name, somebody else is bidding on that and they come up yes. with the first four searches. So it's just... It's an unfortunate reality. It's a it's an investment in yourself. It's worth there's a ton of stuff that you can do on your own and there's a ton of stuff that you can do free in the sense that you can watch YouTube videos and do it yourself and you don't have to hire people. It's worth it. It's the yeah. difference between making it or not. So with like there's so much out there, right? 
like there's, um, you know, you've got to have a website and social media and Instagram and, you know, LinkedIn and TikTok and like all this stuff. So if, and it can be really overwhelming for law yeah. firms um, and, you you know, there's you have to be creating content all the time or paying people to create content all the time. Um, what would you say, like, if you're going to condense it down to an essential package, I suppose, for a law firm, what would that be? What would those things be that you'd be focusing on? For sure. So I think to preface it, the thing that's really overwhelming with marketing or with social media is it's become almost like a necessary evil, but it, it hasn't been seen as a requirement. And I think that that's probably a more uh, deliberate answer to your question. You need to see what I'm about to say as vital as having a bookkeeper to ensure your taxes are in place, right? Like this is just how we buy. So it's, there's there's always more that can be done and there's always range, but from a hundred percent, you need to have a functioning website that is up to date to Google standards, that is mobile friendly and That's has so important. I think people forget about that. Or they will look at what it looks like designed mobile. On their phones. On yeah. their phone, like like don't just desktop watch what your website looks like. Make sure that you look at all the pages on the mobile. On your mobile and you have proper call to actions that get to you. That's another thing too is a ton of lawyers, their contact us form doesn't work. And it's like, you're just burning money. So that needs to be the first place you focus because the where obviously is the, the hottest thing is video content online. So this is where I recommend clients to start because if your budget, if you're strapped for budget, everybody has a phone and they all come with good cameras. So you can set up your phone and in a minute or less shoot video. Perfection is the enemy. Don't don't worry about being perfect. You just have to get comfortable in the uncomfortable because the first 10 videos aren't going to get any views. You just, you have to commit to being consistent and it's not until you get used to it and comfortable with, uh, with doing it that you're going to start seeing traction. Quick example. I had this video that this set of videos I hated. I had actually showered that morning for filming, apparently didn't sh- wash all the shampoo out of my hair. So when it was like an hour before, it was like <laughs> grease from here down. I was so stressed out because now I was just completely overwhelmed. So I had to do this like slip back bun thing, which in theory is fine. But there was just so many, like my fly was undone. My shirt wasn't properly tucked in. So like, I'm just watching these videos afterwards. And it was my best content from like a, just like hitting it and it being succinct. But my ego, like I just, I couldn't do it. Like I thought I looked like my father. I was like, oh my God, that is my father in this interview chair. And I, so anyways, story goes, I, I didn't realize that it had been posted to TikTok. And one morning I woke up and I had all these followers on Instagram I had all these followers on the business Instagram and I'm like, what is going on? So like, I started like checking stuff. I'm like, this does not make any sense. I checked my LinkedIn, checked my email. And then I went to TikTok and what that video had gone viral. And before that video, we'd been posting consistently three to four times a week for the past six months. And like they had, they had some good traction, but nothing crazy. This one video that I hated about myself. 
I ended up at almost has a million views now. And I went from having like 300 followers on TikTok to 19,000 followers on TikTok. And now every single one of my videos get thousands of views. So the point being, get uncomfortable in the uncomfortable and do video. It's inexpensive. It's a great way to connect with your audience. The algorithm on TikTok is brilliant. It uses language to sort. So if you're talking about like local case law, local laws in your area, it will sort it to send it to local audiences. So I would say video content and a website are your bookkeeper tax payments to the government. The other point that's awesome to know about video is YouTube has adopted short form content through shorts. Instagram has adopted short form content through reels. Meta, which is Facebook, owns Instagram. So those videos also work really great on Facebook. The videos work amazing also on LinkedIn and they're designed for TikTok. So you're able to hit, and even Twitter, like the videos do great on Twitter too. So you're able to hit all of the platforms by doing focusing on one medium. Um, and that's where I'd say to start. Now, not everyone is made to be on video and that is a reality. So if you're really not, if you're someone that just cannot speak as soon as the camera's on, do articles. Like LinkedIn articles is amazing. It's a great way to connect with more people. But your question was, what are the two things you can't live without? And it's a really good website. It's it's video content because that's where you can really make money. And then the third is um, you have to have a Google panel. Yes. Yes. So you can get reviews. Those are the the, tri- the trifecta. Yeah. So with video, I think if you think that you can't do video, I think that you're wrong as well because... For me personally, I was one of those people who the minute a video came in front of me, literally, like I can talk to you now and the words just come out. But when I had a video in front of me, I could not even speak. Like I would just shut down. And it's yes. kind of like my entire personality would like, I was like a turtle where I'd like just retract back into the shell and I could not do video at all. And um, I always share with my audience that um, to get used to video, I just started doing stories on um, on Instagram and you can see that there's only 50 people looking or whatever. So it's not like it's out to like thousands of people. Thousands of people. Totally. Anyway, and so I would just share like uh, things around my life and soon enough having the camera up in front of me like every single day sharing like a few 15-second um, stories, it just got me comfortable. So that video became really easy. And, and the only reason why I say that is like 95% of people should get in front of video, but there are a few very rare instances that I've met where I can understand like with speech impediments and stuff where video hasn't been their main, their main medium and they can be really successful in other ways, but you're right. And that is an excuse that everybody uses. I also hated video for so long, but it's, it's how you do it. And you brought up a really good point. A lot of people who are like, okay, I hear you. Let's do it. Try it for a month and are like, what the heck? Why don't I have 2000 views? Or why don't I have 10,000 followers? This doesn't work. I'm giving up. Mm -hmm. And it takes time, effort, and work 
for it to do well. And that's why I illustrated, like I have all the resources by owning the agency that, that can produce this. And it took us time to get there. So it's, Whereas I was with one of my clients' daughters this past weekend and she filmed this silly video in her hallways, her second video, and it got 6 million views. Like it's a bit like Vegas where you don't know what's going to do well and it's it's a part of the game and the algorithm. So don't get discouraged. Um, keep at it. And the second piece is most of you lawyers listening to this operate in the local jurisdiction, which means that you don't require hundreds of thousands of views because you can't service that by virtue of the numbers in your jurisdiction, right? So it's okay if you're reaching a hundred people of the right hundred. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's important, right? Like you also, if you're a solopreneur, you can only also service so many people. So don't like, this is where humanity spends its time of all ages. It's not for children. It's literally all ages. On our videos on TikTok, we our average uh, viewer is 35 and older. And we're a, a fairly young team. So it's not for children. It's for everybody. And it's where we spend our time. So it's where you have to be. I've only just started TikTok in the last... I've had an account for ages, but I got put off it just because I thought it was too hard. But now I do a few, quite a few reels on Instagram and it's kind of the same as that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because it, you feel like with TikTok, it is a younger person's, um, you know, playground. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually not like I get sent videos all the time by friends and things and they're not younger. They're all on TikTok. Yeah. It's what my kind of, my kind of spiel is what TikTok reminded us of, and this should be your motivation to do this listeners is Instagram was the home of overly edited, overly posed highlight reel shots of lives we didn't really live. And what TikTok shows us in the rise of it is that we want raw, real content where we can actually see humans being humans and it not be an over-filtered festival. And what I say to the lawyers is it's professional but it's personal. So I'm not asking for you necessarily to go and do dance videos on TikTok, but if you spend 20 minutes on it, even the comedians, it's professionally done. Like they they're it's very like they're they're taking it seriously, but it's like it's it's not polished. It's not perfect. It's just well done, right? And that's where as a lawyer you can speak like this and do reels. Like I don't also, you can be a dancing lawyer. Like you can be, that's the whole thing too, is you can literally be anything that you want. If you are a lawyer that works with cats on their desk and wears leggings, your clients are going to know that about you anyways, because you indirectly leak that as a human that you are. So the people that love you, love you for all that is you. So like be you on TikTok. I don't want you to pretend like you're a drill sergeant. And then I meet you and you were in the Peace Corps for 20 years and you like save horses on the weekend. Like that doesn't work. So it doesn't match. It's not authentic. So you just got to be you and whatever you is. And that's what's going to work for you because people are hiring you. Yes, exactly. It's actually also so much fun, all of that as well, isn't it? Exploring. So, fun. so much fun. So 
Um, how do people work with you? So you're based in Canada, but it really doesn't matter that you're based in Canada, does it? No, that doesn't matter at all. Just like I'm sure for your practice too in your business. Yeah, that's right. So, so what are, like, how does someone come and work with you and like, where do you start? Where we typically start as of late is doing, um, so first you can find us on any major channel, thirdeyeinsights.ca. Same with our website, it's thirdeyeinsights.ca. Um, literally any platform you can follow us. We, uh, love giving away free information. So it's, um, regardless of whether or not you're willing to take the next step, you can follow us on these accounts and get information to help you help you grow from a branding and marketing standpoint. Um, that'd be kind of where I would say to start to learn more about your brand for me to kind of practice what I preach, like get to know me on a, on like watch a few of the videos, head to our website, like check us out. If you're interested for the next steps, um, what we've started doing is instead of me just like hard pitching, like this is kind of what we do. I like to offer a discovery session that that's paid that allows me to really focus on who you are and, and, and your, and like what your differentiators are, what makes you unique. And that often allows me to kind of map out a plan that makes sense for you based on what's sustainable, what makes sense for your practice size, and also kind of use it as a, a light blip business plan to identify goals and that's, I think, really important in missing in marketing, even if we're setting you up to do it yourself, like you need to kind of understand where you want to go. And that might be only being a lawyer yourself for hire for you know the next five years, or you want to kind of uh, transition into retirement, or you want to end up working with six, seven lawyers in the next five years. Like those are all very different plan- messaging plans. Um, so that's kind of where we can start. You can reach out to me to me at Camille at Third Eye Insights, we always do kind of like a prelim call just so you can kind of, again, get to know me better more and if this makes sense. But that to me is the best first step. And it's what I'd recommend anyone listening to this that wants to engage with an agency request before you start because often lawyers aren't great marketers um, and they can get duped very easily by bad actors that are quoting them these big acronyms like SEO and SEM and dark ads and uh, PPC that you can be spending a lot of money and not know what it's for. And it might not be aligned with your goals. And although I'm not asking for you to become a data scientist, there is a direction that you can understand that will make sense for them to kind of articulate the path forward through marketing. So that's the first place I'd suggest starting. I hope that makes sense. sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. So you start with a discovery call see what the firm needs or the individual needs and then sort of make a plan up from there um, to to hope, reach their goals. Yeah, exactly. And then make a plan that fits so that we can kind of work, I would say, backwards in the right way. Then here, this is everything that you need. These are three packages. This is the Camry, the Cadillac and the Ferrari. Please pick which one. And they're like, well, you know, I wanted to kind of downsize and be only one lawyer and then I'm sitting here and I've done all this work for these three proposals and I'm like, okay, well, none of this makes sense. So instead, we just kind of do it in reverse, get the discovery and kind of like the branding, just like branding discovery piece finalized first, understand what that makes sense. And maybe it's just a website and a kind of video plans so they can record themselves. Maybe it's doing a few months of video, but regardless, we love what we do. We'd love to help. 
first and foremost, I'm, I just would like to help more lawyers feel confident in their ability to market themselves, put themselves out there and be proud of what makes them unique. I think that's the starting point to change the language and the narrative because lawyers are looking inwards. And if the rest makes sense, awesome. Otherwise, let's just change the world, Carolee. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been... Thank you for listening to the Scalable Law Podcast, brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to know how you can get more clients without relying on referrals, head over to scalablelaw.com to watch my free masterclass. Until next time, you have got this. Oh, 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 oh,